0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: This episode deals with serious and distressing
0: content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Beth. While I've got you, if you love How I Survived, please rate, review and subscribe. It helps other fans like you find us too.
1: I woke to him screaming, looked around and there was probably 30 centimetres of water all over the floor of the boat. I knew we are in trouble. I knew we need help. Coast government, Coast Guard secure
2: security, security, security. I just reached down to my son to pick him up and as I came back up, we're basically underwater getting dragged towards the ocean floor. This
0: is How I Survived, stories of everyday people and how they survived against the odds. I'm your host, Beth
1: Young. You know, am I going to die or what? I mean, I I look back at it now and I thought, you know, how did I ever survive that? I think that I probably survived for a reason.
0: How I survived. Rigging his fishing rod with fresh bait, ready to cast it back into the sea, Micah Honan kept a close eye on his baby boy Julian, who was with him on the beautiful sandy beach. Micah had two rods on the go and his tiny son, who was a couple of weeks away from taking his first steps, wanted to be just like his daddy.
2: As I was looking back to Julian, I could see that the other rod was getting a good bite.
0: Noticing the massive tug on the line, Julian grabbed the rod and pulled his body up. Then he started reeling the fish in.
2: From that point I can say he used to fish before he could walk. I would Definitely say he would have salt water in his blood, yes.
0: Fast forward and seven-year-old Julian's love of the ocean has only grown. Like his dad, who worked as a commercial fisherman for many years, he adores being out on the open sea on their 5.2-metre boat, Gilly's Hammer.
1: I just love catching fish. Just
2: so fun. Every time when the weather is not as good as I would like it to be... He said, oh, Dad, it will be all right. It's not that windy. We still can go out. I'm the adult. And say, now, Julian, we have to stay on land. We just do a little bit of beach fishing or fish in the river. He said, oh, Dad, but next weekend, I'm sure we can go back out there and catch some big fish. And say, yes, Julian, I I try my very best. I, I talk to the weather gods.
0: But this June, Micah didn't even need to chat to the big man upstairs. It was winter in Queensland, Australia, but the conditions for the weekend ahead were going to be perfect. And it's a good thing too. For ages, Julian had been begging his dad for an overnight trip on the reef.
2: Even in summer, he asked me frequently, oh dad, when it's winter again, can we please stay overnight on the reef in our boat? Because this is when the big snapper are biting, in the middle of the night.
0: Arriving at the boat ramp at Maloolabar on the Sunshine Coast just after lunch on the Saturday, like always, Julian was super keen to get out on the water, asking his dad what kind of fish he thought they'd catch first. Before they went anywhere though, Micah and Stephen did their safety checks and let the Coast Guard know where they were going. Launching the boat, they headed to a spot called Caloundra Nine Mile. They went there so often that Julian had dubbed this particular patch of ocean their paddock. Every time the tiny fisherman hooked a big one, he clapped his hands with glee.
2: He was catching a few Venus tusk fish and I reckon he caught a pearl perch. That all would have been a good kilo to give you a half decent fight. A lot of kids would just give up if it's getting hard, but he said no. I will get that fish, yet my shoulders are hurting and my arms are caning, but he just persists.
0: After hooking so many big ones, around 7.30pm, Julian was tired. So Micah tucked him into his bunk so he could get up at the crack of dawn when the snapper were biting. A couple of hours later, Stephen hit the hay too.
2: I fished for a little bit longer and after... A little while, I thought, all right, I'm getting quite tired as well. Might as well anchor.
0: Lying down, Micah cuddled Julian tight and his eyes fluttered closed. Next thing, Micah startled awake.
2: Still sleepy, just waking up, basically. I felt that my feet are wet. Jumped up because I knew something has to be wrong if my feet are wet.
0: Micah's mate Stephen told Channel 7 Sunday night what he saw.
1: I woke to him screaming, looked around, and there was probably 30 centimetres of water all over the floor of the boat.
0: Horrifyingly, waves were crashing inside the vessel.
2: We knew we were in trouble, so I just instantly flicked on the bilge pump just to pump water out of the hull. I tried to start the engine just to... Get us out of the wind direction, or the waves were coming over the back of the boat, and I, I knew we won't make it for too much longer. But the engine wouldn't start because the battery and the kailing, everything was already under the water. I knew we are in trouble. I knew I have to call the Coast Guard. I knew we need help. Coast Guard Malou, Coast Guard Malou, Security, Security, Security. And I told them that we are sinking to be taken on water. But all I wanted to do is just get Julian just to tell him we will be all right. But I didn't have the chance to even to say that. I just reached down to my son to pick him up. As I came back up, we're basically underwater getting dragged towards the ocean floor and I was breathing in seawater.
0: Then radio silence sparked panic. That he is
2: sinking. With three POV, and we can't contact him any
0: further. It triggered a massive search off Caloundra, the Coast Guard calling on other boaties to help.
1: Keep a good lookout. We have a sunken vessel with three people on board.
0: The boat had pitched and rolled, throwing Stephen clear. But Julian and Micah were trapped beneath the boat's final canopy. Now they were being dragged down with the sinking vessel. Pure instinct must have kicked in because somehow Micah popped back up on the surface with Julian still in his arms. Thankfully, Stephen was there too.
1: They come up with a big gasp there. I don't know how Julian
2: and I made it life out of the boat, but luckily we, and I reckon it's a miracle, we actually got out of there. Stephen was really worried and he reckons we we were under the water for more than 10 seconds.
0: Moments before the boat capsized, Stephen had passed Micah his mobile phone, which he was still gripping in one hand. Against the odds, it worked. The time on the screen read 1.47am. Their life jackets had sunk with the boat, but two 15-litre plastic buckets that Micah had picked up for free on the side of the road bobbed on the surface. Turned upside down and filled with air, they became life-saving floaties.
2: Stephen had one under his chest and Julian and I had one bucket to keep us afloat. And Julian basically just hugged me, one arm behind my neck and the other one On my shoulder, just leaning on the bucket just to give him as much flotation as possible.
1: I squeezed on the bucket really hard. I'm not losing it.
2: And Julian was very calm and collected and said, Dad, it will be all right. It will be all right. We clearly could see in the distance the shoreline and Julian just pointed over to the lights and said, Dad, look over there. We just have to swim over there and uh, we will be safe then.
0: The lights winking in the distance looked close enough to touch, but 15 kilometres was a very long way to swim. Micah's hands were full with Julian, so Stephen took the mobile and dialled emergency services.
1: First go it, it went through, i was um, quite amazing with the ups and downs of the swell that had actually held a phone call. Uh, enough to tell them that we had no life jackets on, we're floating on buckets, we're at the Clounder nine mile fishing area.
0: The waves weren't big. There's no way Micah would have taken Julian out if that was the case. But treading water furiously, with just their heads poking out of the ocean, they were still copying the sea's wrath.
2: The only thing which sticks out of the water basically is your shoulders, your neck and your head. Every wave who breaks, breaks on top of your head. We swallowed a lot of water and we continued just to spit the water out. Within the first, I would say, 45 minutes, we actually saw a police boat coming towards us. We saw the blue lights, we saw the searchlight, and they were probably about 300 meters in front of us as they changed course to the southeast. We were yelling, waving, and whatever we could, but I presume because of the engine noise, uh, they just couldn't hear us. Minutes after that, we actually saw the volunteer Coast Guard doing the same, coming towards us for about a mile, mile and a half, but um, turning then as well. We just thought, all right, they, are, they will be back soon.
0: But the trio kept drifting to the northwest, away from where the rescuers were searching.
2: Yeah, probably after one and a half or two hours, we drifted past a big ship, which was anchored. We tried to swim towards it and... Um, hold on to their anchor chain or most of those cargo ships actually have a 200 or 300 pound fishing line and we just thought we could just grab that line and pull on it or just hold on to it or make some noise or do something but we couldn't reach the boat because the backlash basically of the waves were pushing us further away.
0: Gripping the bucket and his daddy for dear life, Julian's courage belied his age.
2: The first two hours he was really brave and he continued to talk to me. He basically hugged me the whole way and our faces were very close to each other and every now and then he just um, reached up a little bit and just Gave me a kiss and said, Dad, I love you. We will be all right. Of course, what a parent would do, um, you kiss your child back and you just reassure him that, of course, we will be all right.
0: But slowly, the icy water zapped Julian's energy. The tiny trooper spoke less, his breathing slowing right down. By now, Micah's arms screamed from squeezing the bucket and keeping his boy afloat
2: hypothermia really got hold of him. He was not as responsive as he was before. I could see that he's really cold. I basically just breathed into his face just to give him some sort of warmth and I got him even closer towards my body just to give him as much body heat as I could. That was the first time where I thought that I may lose my son.
0: Shark's ...definitely swam beneath Micah, Stephen and Julian. But just before sunrise, having been stranded now for four agonising hours... ...the predators were the least of the worried dad's concerns.
2: It is the Pacific Ocean. Of course there are sharks there, but I wasn't concerned one second... ...that a shark would attack us at all whatsoever. My only concern was the deteriorating health of my son... I knew he was conscious, even he wouldn't answer me anymore, but every time I told him to spit out the water, he did. His eyes were half open. There was just no motion in him
1: anymore. Like He had no movement. Basically, arms and legs were frozen. He head was thrown back, like in an upwards position, and a gasp, like a... (gasps)
2: And that was the point where I said to Stephen very clear, if he stops breathing, I let go of the bucket and I will go down with him. Because if he won't make it, I don't want to live. I wouldn't have a purpose in life anymore.
1: That was very hard to hear. I know how much Mikey loves that boy. And to hear him say that, it wasn't easy.
0: As the sun rose, rescue choppers were charged with a near-impossible task to find three tiny heads bobbing in the ocean amongst the white caps and the waves. Around 8am, Micah and Stephen heard the blast of a cargo ship horn as they drifted past it. Then the whir of helicopter blades above them. It wasn't a second too soon. Limp in Micah's arms, Julian was unresponsive. They'd been lost at sea for more than six hours.
2: They hovered above our heads, ready to send a diver down. And even that felt like like a long time, probably would have been just a couple of minutes. And as the diver went down close to us and swam towards us, all I wanted him to do is just to take my son and get him in a hospital.
0: Paramedic Elliot Bates was waiting in the Rescue 500 chopper. He told Sunday night what he saw as tiny Julian was winched up into the helicopter.
1: Here's the rescue crewman coming up, soaking wet with his child in, in track pants and, and a like, pajama top and he comes in through the door and he's lifeless. He's cold, he's not breathing, he's got no pulse. He's, he's dead
0: bundled into a police boat, Stephen and Micah had no idea that in the air above them, little Julian had been declared clinically dead for three minutes.
2: And as I learned later on, they had to perform CPR on him. The cold air from the blade of the chopper, that would have shocked his body that much that his heart actually stopped beating. But luckily they done an absolutely amazing job and revived him and flew him into hospital where they put him in into an induced coma
0: julian honan was declared dead after floating in the ocean for more than six hours a seven-year-old boy is fighting for life in hospital after a dramatic high seas rescue off queensland's sunshine coast Stephen and Micah had been diagnosed with hypothermia, but otherwise they were okay. Doctors were frank. The odds of Julian also pulling through unscathed were slim.
2: They prepared me for the worst. They told us that all us three surviving would have been less than 5%. And for Stephen and me surviving that doesn't leave much chance for Julian at all, whatsoever. So if he wakes up, just if, he probably will have severe brain damage and May has to learn how to walk, talk, eat, go to the loo, anything like that.
0: But the docs had underestimated Micah's brave boy, a kid who weighing just 22 kilos had once spent four hours reeling in a two-metre shovel shovelnose shark. After 18 hours in an induced coma, the little fighter came to around midday the next day.
2: They said, oh, that's a miracle itself. Sometimes it takes days, weeks, months for somebody to wake up. Minutes after he actually woke up, he tried to talk. Everybody just looked at each other and said, oh, how can he talk and then he started to move his arms and yeah it was just an absolute miracle it's just mind-blowing and i just yeah just can't believe his strength and can't believe my luck that he just basically came out of it unharmed not a scratch at all whatsoever Different people sort of explained to him against our boat sunk. that is the reason why he's in hospital. And his response is just, yeah, I know that. That happens. But I'm fine. I'm good. I want to go home. I want to go back fishing.
0: Within days, Julian was doing just that. From his hospital bed with a rod his daddy had lovingly constructed from pipe cleaners and string.
2: In hospital, they uh, had just a classroom with a lot of crafty things. And um, he just decided he wanted to build some lures out of pipe cleaners and string and pearls. I just thought, all right, then I'll make you a fishing rod. Yeah. I, I hold the fishing rod. You grab the leader, Gillies. You grab the leader. <laughs> oh, you call a shark, Gillies.
0: A fluffy toy shark, that is. Three months on, Julian has fully recovered. He's as cheeky as ever, but he's sad that they lost their boat, which they're working towards replacing. For Micah, almost losing his precious son has shifted his perspective. He doesn't have time for bad vibes anymore.
2: I don't think I can love my son anymore. I adored him before and I'm still doing that now. But I reckon what I take away from it is that I just think positive in basically any situation that I try to make in anything the best outcome and that I don't take on anybody's negativity.
1: To help Julian get a new boat, you can donate to his campaign on GoFundMe at Help Julian Get Back Out on the Water.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss more incredible stories of survival. And of course, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really helps. Next time on How I Survived. I got a chill up my spine, and I turned around, um,
1: and I see this man standing in front of me, and he one at me. Not today,
2: motherfucker! I'll fucking kill you.